It's a new week here on Locked On Bearcats, and coming up, I'll share with you my thoughts from this past weekend's NFL Scouting Combine. Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce, oh boy, were they great at the Combine. Plus, the first spring practice for Bearcats football 2022 in the books. I'll share my thoughts on that. It's all coming up on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you very much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Alex Frank welcoming you to Lockdown Bearcats. It's a new week. It's Monday, March the 7th of 2022. Conference tournaments are set. Brackets are out. It's bracket season, but it's also NFL scouting combine season. And I tried to tell you all last week, I did not agree with Desmond Ritter's scouting report written by Lance Zerline on NFL.com. I didn't agree with Alec Pierce's scouting report on NFL.com. I thought it was too critical. And oh boy, did those two men prove something at the NFL scouting combine this past weekend. Desmond Ritter is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I told you all that, and I think you all can agree. But Alec Pierce was the man who stole the headlines as far as Bearcats are concerned at this NFL scouting combine. Alec Pierce is going to be a receiver who at least reminds me of Jermaine Curse, who played for the Seattle Seahawks. He's also going to be a receiver who reminds me of Heinz Ward. Yes, I said Heinz Ward. You might remember him from being a Bengals killer over the years. But then again, didn't I tell you that sometimes establishing a model of consistency can be best learned from your rivals. I did tell you that. Well, Alec Pierce, like, you watch him play. He uses his frame. Like like I said in my scouting report, he uses his frame to make contested catches. He plays bigger than he is. He is a diamond in the rough. He is a... He can be a slot receiver, but you can also line him up on the perimeter. You could do those things with Heinz Ward. You can do those things with Jermaine Curse. That is why I believe Alec Pierce is going to make it in this league, and I believe he's going to be a very successful player in this league. Total numbers from Alec Pierce from the NFL Scouting Combine. Um, Alec Pierce, if I can pull it up. Well, it's not there. Um, Alec Pierce from the scouting combine, 4-4-1, 40-yard dash, 40.5-inch vertical jump, 129-inch broad jump, 7.13 seconds in the three-cone drill, 20-yard shuttle, 4.28. That's speed right there. That is really good speed. You're running a 4-4-1, and not every receiver is going to run under a 4-2 like John Ross. Look how he turned out, unfortunately. If you're running a 4-4, that's great speed right there. Whoever drafts Alec Pierce 
is going to be adding a sneaky good weapon, a sneaky athletic weapon to their receiving core. Like, you think, I'm just thinking, for instance, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they're about to release Amari Cooper. Who, who, who is their best receiver right now? Michael Gallup? C.D. Lamb? Get Alec Pierce in there. Because Lamb and Gallup are perimeter receivers. Pierce can be that slot. He can line up outside. You can mix and match, you know, your formations with him. I'm thinking about the Cowboys maybe drafting Alec Pierce because you know the Cowboys love their receivers. I mean, you, you think about any other team. That needs a receiver. The Browns. Now, I now I, I would not, of course, like it if Alec Pierce went to the Browns because I'm a Bengals fan. I'm a Cincinnatian. But the Browns could use a receiver. You know, is Jarvis Landry going to be there next year? Who else do they have? Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think, I believe Alec Pierce was compared to him. <laughs> I think he can be much more impactful than Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Peoples-Jones has done some good things for the Browns. But Alec Pierce stole the show at the Combine, as far as Bearcats are concerned. You know, Mel Kuyper Jr. said that Desmond Ritter had the most to prove of any quarterback in the uh, in this year's class. Alec Pierce, as far as Bearcats were concerned, had the most to prove, had the most to prove. Alec Pierce had a touchdown in, did he have a touchdown in the Notre Dame game? I'm trying to remember. No, he did not. Um, he had a huge catch in that game. He had a touchdown in the Temple game. He had a touchdown in the UCF game. He had another touchdown in the uh, Tulsa game, touchdown in the SMU game, touchdown in the uh, AAC championship game. So he's had touchdowns all over the all over the board in many different games. His performance at the combine proved that he can make it in this league, that he can. And I know he may not go very high. But the wide receiver class this year, it's not that deep. From it's not that deep at the top. I mean, yes, you have guys like Drake London from USC, Jamison Williams from Alabama. Although he got hurt in the national championship game, so his stock took a hit. I mean, there is there is reason to believe that Alec Pierce can eventually, when all is said and done and stories are written about who the best receiver was from this draft class, could be number two at least. I mean, the Chiefs, can you imagine they had Alec Pierce? Can you imagine having to both defend Travis Kelsey and Alec Pierce in the middle of the field? I mean, I I almost wish the Bengals didn't have as good of a receiving core as they have because then they could get Alec Pierce. Any team that gets him is going to be getting a multifaceted weapon at receiver, one that can play in the slot and one that can play um, on the perimeter. That's game-changing right there. And as far as Desmond Ritter, who ran a 4-4-9, really good for a quarterback. I've been saying he's he's a more athletic quarterback than you realize. Like I'm reading comments over the weekend from spring practice. Excuse me. I'm reading comments from spring practice over the weekend that Evan Prater is more athletic than Desmond Ritter. And you might, and those who've seen Evan Prater play might think that, and that's totally fine. 
I'm going to be someone that believes it when I see it. That's no disrespect to Evan Prater. But Desmond Ritter was a four-year program-changing player. Desmond Ritter, the things he could do, run with the football, take off up the middle, take off on the edge, make defenders miss, and he had, a, I, I thought, a, a better arm that he got credit for. I think he's a much more athletic quarterback than people think. And you have to be athletic in this day and age in the NFL. Joe Burrow's athletic, and he has a good arm. Josh Allen is athletic. Patrick Mahomes is athletic. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Um, and name me any other quarterback. Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers even has had some athleticism over the years. You have to be an athletic quarterback to make it in this league. That's who Desmond Ritter is. I, I banged my fist earlier this offseason and said Desmond Ritter is a quintessential pro quarterback right now. Because he can throw and because he can run. He's multidimensional. He's versatile. That's what you need in this in this NFL. Speaking of spring practice, one of those in the books after Saturday. Um, we'll get to that. Some things that Luke Fickle said in a press conference from earlier last week leading up to spring practice. He understands the importance of this season. I've said it. He said it. Many others are saying it. Um, plus, Bearcats baseball... Um, is getting really, really good. Um, what a weekend and really overall week they had. Um, returning home to Martin to uh, I'm sorry, um, Bearcat Stadium last week. Um, more on that next here unlocked on Bearcats and make sure I time out this live read because we are required by Tagna to timestamp our live reads. But first, a word from BetOnline.net. You see, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Conference tournaments begin this week, one of my favorite weeks of the year. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. You see, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Hard to believe the Stanley Cup playoffs are just around the corner. Hard to believe that in just two years we'll be, maybe, at Paris for the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so March Madness is only, what, six days away? Um, the tournament is in a week from tomorrow, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? You see, we've done our homework here, and we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way. And they have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness match and play alongside your employees, or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves 
There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. I've joined it. Many others are joining too. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Lockdown Bearcats podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Um, conference tournaments uh, starting up this week. Conference tournaments concluded over the weekend. At the time of this recording, I only know of one team that is in the NCAA tournament courtesy of a conference championship. Actually, two. Um, two teams are in their conf- are in the NCAA tournament. One, by virtue of winning its conference championship. That's Murray State out of the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, they are really good. They are 29-2, um, 18-0 in OVC play. Won both games in the OVC tournament. Champion to the Ohio Valley. The only other team that has punched a bid to the NCAA tournament is, uh, hang on one second, is Jacksonville. Uh, Is it Jacksonville? I believe it is Jacksonville. Either Jacksonville or Jacksonville State. Now I'm having trouble finding it. That's odd. Um... Because the regular season champion in the OVC I'm trying to find where this is. Uh, Jacksonville is going to the NCAA tournament because uh, Bellarmine is ineligible for the NCAA tournament. So Jacksonville is going to play for a tournament championship. Jacksonville is already in the NCAA tournament. Think about that for a minute. That's out of the Atlantic Sun. So two teams, we know of two teams in the NCAA tournament. I do, at least right now. You probably know of way more. Sunday, you had numerous conference championship games, including Loyola Chicago and Drake in the Missouri Valley Conference, which always produces a good conference tournament. Missouri Valley Conference, which Cincinnati, of course, used to be in in the 50s through 60s when they won two two national championships. A historic conference and a conference that always produces some good teams. Anyway, spring practice got underway this week, and there there was an article written by David Ubin in The Athletic, national college football writer. I've met him. He's a really nice guy. Um... I remember I had a long conversation with him at the Tulsa game last year. He was there covering um, the game for the athletic from a national level. And he wrote an article last week of five teams he expects to take a step back next year, and he, specific, and he referenced Cincinnati. That was one of his five teams. And he said that the conference winning streak is going to come to an end this year. Right now, it sits at 15. 15, I'm sorry, 16 straight games the Bearcats have won in conference play. And he firmly believes that it's going to come to an end this year. 
I can't say it won't. Or I mean, I I, I can't disagree. I can't completely disagree with him. Um, but I will add this. Like I mentioned last week, the Bearcats have the best head coach in the conference. They have an amazing home atmosphere, so that's four wins. Their conference schedule is not that difficult this year. Their road games are SMU and UCF. You want to pen those as, pen those as difficult, fine. You go to Temple and you go to, um, I'm blanking, uh, Tulsa. Do you really fear losing both of those games, either one of those games? Do you fear that? I'm sensing right now 6-2. and two. That They might lose a conference game this year. They shouldn't. I think this team could go undefeated in conference play again. But they have lost a lot. This year, like, we're going to, okay, we're truly going to wonder. And now this this storyline, like, I, I think it was already, I think it has always been implied. But I'm finally um, bringing it to the surface. And that is, you know, life without Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, in the wise words of Rick Pitino, is not walking through the door. We are truly going to find out what this program is going to be without Desmond Ritter. Because the last four years, which have honestly felt like 20 years, or maybe even 100 years with you know the events of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are truly going to find out what life is like without Desmond Ritter. And... Quite honestly, I mean, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird not having one of the most recognizable players in the country at the most important position on your team. We're going to find out what it's like to not have Sauce Gardner. All these core guys who were part of a stretch where this program won 10 games or more in three or four years and would have probably won 10 games or more in 2020 had the season not been shortened have been to two straight New Year's Six Bowl games and have played in three straight conference championship games. And you can and those can say, well, you play in an easy conference. No, we don't. Cincinnati does not. Like I said, they made the conference championship game in 2019. UCF was still the favorites in UC's division of that conference. And you still had to contend with SMU. You still had to contend with Memphis, you had to contend with Houston. You had to contend with Temple, who was still good at the time. You had to contend with a lot of, you know, really good teams and obstacles in that conference. I don't expect the Bearcats to be as good and as lethal as they were last year on offense, but I do expect them to be somewhere close to 2018-2019. Because whoever is starting a quarterback, who I still would take Ben Bryant, I do think Evan Prater is going to get a fair chance, and I do think you will see a lot of him next year, or some of him next year. I mean, the the quarterback decision, while it is important, I think you have to think about who's going to give us the best chance to win week one. You know, Luke Fickle said that this is the first step of the journey through this season. Like, this is where it begins. This is where sprint. This is where the journey to the season begins, and it is a little different this year than it's been in years past. You know, you hear him mention um, 
that this is his sixth spring ball here and that he thinks it's the most important. He said, in quote, in terms of where we are as a program, what we need to do to continue to move forward, and most importantly, the guys we've got to move forward with, in quote. He understands. Because it's so easy to say it's the most important spring ball when you have all these expectations. And there is there is validity to that. But, I mean, if there's any year for Luke Fickle to put his stamp on the program, it's this year. Everyone expect them to be, expect them to be good last year. Once they beat Indiana and Notre Dame, we knew the inevitable was this team could go to the college football playoff. They kept rising in the rankings all the way to number two in the AP poll and then eventually number four in the college football playoff top 25. So you can take a program in the college football playoff and you can put your stamp on it that way. But what can you do to follow it up? What can you do to follow it up? And what can you do to follow it up with losing eight core players? Who, by the way, were all invited to the combine. What can you do? That is going to be a major question. If this program beats Arkansas, then we know, okay, they're not missing a beat. If they fall to 8-4 and four and are only 5-3 and three in conference play, I'm reading comments that it's going to be, you know, there's going to be growing pains. But the problem is in football, I mean, you can have some, but there's only 12 games in the college football season. Like, look at Clemson last year. Clemson lost a lot of talent from that 2020 team. And that team that went to, you know, six straight college football playoffs, some of some players went to two or three straight. And despite all the expectations surrounding DJ Uyagalale, I mean, there were some growing pains. But by the time they finally figured out how to play and what worked best for them, they were three and three. Or four and three. They were just an average team. They couldn't even play in their conference championship game. You know, a conference that wasn't very good. It's fine to have growing pains. But given where this program was last year, and given how the city reacts to when things happen, if the Bengals don't go to the Super Bowl next year, there's probably going to be some disappointment felt in this city. If the Bengals do go, then it, then it could be a successful year. And if they don't win, maybe they'll, that'll change. Now, if they do win, okay, that's a different story. If the Bearcats, and, and by the way, Justin Williams doesn't think the playoff is a possibility. I understand that. You know, I'm reading, I'm reading his report last night about, um, here it is. Cincinnati doesn't have the veteran experience, strength of schedule, or lofty preseason rankings to justify any talk of returning to the playoff. Maybe that's true. But as I've asked you, and I'm going to ask Justin this question when I try, when I hopefully get him on soon, I would say this. If you've been in the college football playoff last year, and you beat Arkansas on the road this year, and you run the table again, and you win the AAC championship, and you're 13-0, can you really keep the Bearcats out of the college football playoff? Is it that simple as, well, they don't have any you know big-time players. Well, they don't really have any big-time wins. 
you go on the road and meet an SEC team in their house, that's a win. If prior history and wins matter, then Cincinnati should have a case to go back to the college football playoff. And that's something that I truly believe that, that should be considered. Um, One team who may and very well likely will not be playing in their NCAA tournament this year is men's basketball. And it, it it's disappointing what's going on right now. But this is bid stealer season. Maybe the Bearcats will be one of those. I'll touch on that next here on Lockdown Bearcats. But let me make sure I get a a um timestamp here on the live read. It's important what that we do things. Whoops, messed up there because man, do I love March Madness and I love those brackets. But I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. Spoiler alert, it's been never for me. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest for that reason. You see, Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. You can take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Talk about your use of Stat Hero this week in reference weekly event. Here's the game I'm going with tonight, and I'm taking a lineup. Well, I haven't thought about that yet. And why you chose the lineup you did? Well, I'll get back to you on that. I probably should have read that beforehand. You see, you can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code LOCKDOWN for a 100% match, a deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash lockdown, promo code LOCKDOWN. Terms and conditions apply. That was not the best live read there by me, and I apologize. This one will be better, and that is in spite of me not eating one of these this morning. Perhaps I should have. And I would have read that live read better. So, I've been telling you about Bill Bar for a while. And this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Do people say that at this point of the year? New Year's resolutions? I don't know. But I'm not giving up this year. Because I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Build.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Compare that to a candy bar, which has high calories, high sugar, high carbs, mint brownie, coconut almond, coconut, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Build.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, March 7th of 2022. Bearcats baseball this weekend was unbelievable to see from afar. The atmospheres of the games, a walk-off win over Ohio State on Wednesday night. Cam Scheller with a walk-off home run. Another walk-off home run on Saturday in Game 1 of the doubleheader versus Northwestern. Cole Harding with an oppo two-run shot. And then JB, J.P. Sponseller with three home runs in the second game Saturday. 16-5 to Cincinnati wins. Uh, 5-4 to win in Game 1 of the doubleheader. Friday, they lose a close one Friday, uh, in Game 2, 10-8. to A game they were, in which they trailed 8-3 to in the bottom of the sixth. They played two seven-inning games on uh, Friday, and they played a seven-inning Game 1 and a nine-inning Game 2. On Saturday, so four and one week for the Bearcats, six and four now on the regular season. They've played ten games. Um, this is their best start that I can remember. I mean, the year they went to the NCAA tournament, people forget they were one in nine. Like it took them, it took them two months just to get back to five hundred. I mean, even last year they were hovering around five hundred throughout the start of the season. This year they're six and four. They've got Indiana um, on Tuesday this week. They have um, the first pitch invitational in Greenville, South Carolina this weekend facing Michigan State, Kansas, and Western Carolina. So really, really enjoying what I'm seeing. Griffin Merritt's got five home runs already this season. This Bearcats baseball team and Scott Guggins, who won his 100th game in that game one on Saturday in the doubleheader. Scott Guggins was a tremendous hire by former director of athletics Mike Bone. He is a player's coach. He's, you know, level-headed. He's positive. Um, even when there's a lot of things that you, as a baseball fan, might get frustrated about, runners left on base or bullpens or in-game decisions, like he's positive. And I think I think you see the players rallying around that. And now you're seeing, you know, players take to Twitter. And I'm seeing this on Saturday night saying, this is why I came to Cincinnati. Thank you for the atmosphere. We enjoyed it as much as you did. It is so fun to see that come to the forefront and what it's all about. I mean, heck, I wish I was, I was at those games this past weekend. Um, I do know that they do come down to play East Carolina, and they do come down to play Central Florida. They'll go to Clearwater for the conference tournament. So a lot happening with Bearcats baseball. And the Big 12, which currently has nine teams, Iowa State is the only Big 12 team that does not have a um, college baseball or a, a baseball team. But you'll get three more with Cincinnati – UCF and Houston. I don't know if BYU is a baseball team, but if they do, that would make it 13 or 12 teams, which wouldn't be bad either. Anyway, um, and the Big 12 championship for baseball is played at the Texas Rangers Stadium, Globe Life Park, which, I mean, that's a, a beautiful new, excuse me, ballpark um, out in Texas. Anyway, just wanted to give a shout out there. Um, really good and fun team to watch. You can tell the guys like playing with each other. And I think you, you saw that in 2019. We didn't see that last year. Of course, there wasn't any baseball, but you saw it last year. And of course you're seeing now more ways to, you know, tell the stories of, of, of the baseball and Cincinnati still is to a degree, a baseball town. I mean, if MLB can never get their lockout settled, which I do think I, I, it should happen sooner rather than later. I think, I don't know if it will. Anyway, let's talk about some men's basketball. So, Saturday, I'm watching Tari Eason make a huge impact for LSU in their 
senior day victory over number 25 Alabama. LSU is an NCAA tournament bound team. They, I mean, Tari Eason, the things he does for that team, I mean, you wish you had that here in Cincinnati. He's a stretch four. Can play inside, can play outside. Had a huge blocked shot late in the game in overtime. And then I'm watching um, Chris Vote in Wisconsin. You know, they've won at least a share of their regular season championship. They can be a number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, which if you're if you're the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, you have earned that. So Wisconsin's going to be an NCAA tournament team. They're a top 10 team right now. And then here's Cincinnati, just eh, number eight seed in their conference tournament. They're going to play ECU Thursday at 1. So they're the first tournament game of the American Athletic Conference. Winner to play Houston Friday at noon. The Bearcats have lost five straight games. This is their lowest conference tournament seed in over a decade. I mean, that is where this program is. And there's two schools of thought. You can say that it was expected. You can say that it's disappointing. The point is that they're coming in having lost five straight games. They have not won a game since February 17th. When they take the court Thursday, it will have been exactly three weeks since they've won a game. Now, with all the adversity that they faced and with all the struggles they've had, what if they go on a run? What if they become a bid stealer? Because th- did you expect Georgetown or Oregon State to be those teams last year? No, but they did. Hell, Oregon State was minutes away from a Final Four. He wouldn't think that with their record this year. But it's true. They were one win away. They were a win away from the Final Four last year. So, this is a, a situation where You don't think the Bearcats have a chance in their conference tournament, but every team does. Every team has a number attached to them come conference tournament time, which is their seed. And the Bearcats are the home team in this game. Now, if you don't have confidence in them beating East Carolina, because what what have they given you as far as confidence is concerned recently? That's fair. I think they beat ECU. Houston, well, take your chances there. Maybe they find a way to knock them off. And then face the winner of the 4-5, which we don't know what that's going to be yet. But we do know they're going to face ECU Thursday. But it's just unacceptable to me that they've lost five straight games. Four years ago at this time, we were getting ready for the conference tournament. I remember it was a Wednesday. It, It was a Wednesday, March 7th in 2018. They had just beaten Wichita State. The fever for that team was at an all-time high. They exceeded expectations, in my opinion, that year. I mean, they... I remember doing a show at Bearcast Media that Thursday. And the the winner of the SMU-UConn game would be the Bearcats' opponent in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Or the AAC tournament. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I care, but like, I, I just want to get to Friday so we can play in the conference tournament. Now it's like, do you even care? You should. I mean, this is conference tournament, and every team has a shot to win the NCAA, to win its conference tournament. And then who knows what it can do in the NCAA tournament? But you are, you are perfectly validated. If you, if you do not care, or if you just like, eh. We'll see if they beat ECU 
I mean, they got a long way to go. They got to win four games in four days. I mean, they've won three games in three days twice. In the last four conference tournaments, they've played in the conference tournament championship game. The problem is, excuse me, the problem is there's nobody playing right now. Well, I take that back. There are some players, but like true veterans who have been a part of that. Mike Saunders was on last year's team. Mason Madsen was on last year's team. David DeJulius was. So they know what what to expect when you get to this time of year in conference conference tournament play. It's the little things. But in terms of, um, you know, the level of which you care or, you know, compared to where this program was four years ago, it's almost like you can't enjoy Champ Week as much. And they were the number one seed in their conference tournament four years ago. Now they're eight. It's a steep decline of where this program has been. But like I said, could this be shaping up to be? They, they've lost five straight games. Everyone's counting them out. Could this be one of those where it's a magical march run through the tourney and they become a bid stealer? You know, they, they've shown that they can compete against Houston. And they are going to face them in the semifinals as opposed to the championship game. Maybe they find a way to knock Houston off in the, in the, in the quarterfinals. And then, I mean, they could get a favorable draw in the, in the quarterfinals. And then, I mean, who could you get in the, in the championship game? Memphis could get SMU, who you've, you know, you've beaten once already this season. You've played Memphis twice. It's possible. I mean, anything's possible this time of year. That's what we have to remember. Well, that's going to do it for me here on Lockdown Bearcats for today. Thank you for making it your first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase alex, the number three, frank at gmail.com. And follow me on Instagram, alexfrank9 underscore. And we thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow. More on the combine, more on spring practice, more on conference tournament action. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night's a good night for conference tournament action. You've got the Horizon League Championship. You've got the West Coast Conference Championship out in Las Vegas. Um... The ACC tournament starts tomorrow. Power con- Power Five conference tournament starting tomorrow. I mean, this is it's it's getting real, and the games are going to be fun. They're going to come in bunches, so be ready for Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Monday and a great start to your week.